declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to another episode of my independence report. And today is Thursday. And uh, so we get the opportunity to talk to musicians. I just love uh, this segment because musicians are something that I've always wanted to be, but I can't sing, nor can I play. That's okay. Um, and I can't write either, but I can listen. And I, I, I love uh, folks that are just terrific musicians. First of all, Kayla May is is with me. She's acting as my co-host today. Kayla, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm just dandy. Thank you. It's, I'm in my element because I get to talk to some really <laughs> cool people. And uh, the, the gentleman that we're going to talk to this hour, his name is, and I'm going to massacre your last name more than likely, even though it's an Irish last name and I shouldn't mess with it. But John Mc McDonough is that is that close? Hey, that was really close. Yeah, McDonough. I mean, I think you got it actually. Yeah. Hey, what do you know? <laughs> it's one of the few I interviewed somebody from Sweden or from um, Finland last hour, and I had no shot. Uh, <laughs> no, neither would I. <laughs> so John, John is with us, and he is a musician, singer, songwriter. But before we go there. You're also a psychotherapist of note and have retired from that to because you wanted to focus on music, right? That's right. Well, and it was, <laughs> I, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was a psychotherapist for many years in Austin, Texas. And um, I just, I hit a point where I just got sort of burned out with it. And uh, I decided to take six months off. And here we are about 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so uh, I don't think I'm going back to it at this point, but it was great. I loved it. I'm glad I did it. I just hit a point where I um, just just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Well, and I was looking at your bio and it's like it's it's like you're a novice. You've only been playing for 25 years. You've had like 500 gigs. Uh, you you played anywhere from the rowdy bars of, of Austin, Texas to the fine dining restaurants. You, you've done it all. You've got five CDs out of, of, of your own music and and stuff. So so it's how you so you must be a prolific writer. Are you a prolific writer? Well, I am, and uh, and I'll tell you why. Because um, I I love to read. I'm always reading, and uh, usually fiction. And I I love to watch documentary films, and I find so much inspiration in those things that that I want to then write a song about. And if I just was drawing from my own life, I mean, you know, I would have run out of material a long time ago. <laughs> I always, I always say, you know, I can only write so many love songs or so many lack of love songs before I get bored with it. Um, and then, you know, but I see these other things or other people and their lives and their experiences and things they've been through. And it just moves me so much. And I find so much inspiration in that. And then I write songs about that. And uh, so that's, that's why I think I, I'm a proficient writer because there's just so much out there. Where do the songs come from um i mean they can come from anywhere and uh, for example um 
uh, okay, I'm a big space person. I'm into space, right? And a book came out about Jim Lovell a few years ago about the first time they actually went to the moon and revolved around the moon. They didn't land on the moon, but they actually went to the moon and first time they saw the dark side of the moon. Um, it was Apollo 8. Unbelievable story, unbelievable risk, unbelievable that these people, you know, those rockets were blowing up left and right and they never had a successful launch. You know, then they put those astronauts in there and said, we think we got it, you know? <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I wrote a song about Jim Lovell because that just moved me so much. Um, I can imagine I, the conversation that they had when they were at Space Command. It's kind of like, <laughs> we think we got it. We think we're okay. By the way, is your will updated? Well, I, can you imagine being those men? Can you? Ima I cannot imagine seeing those rockets blow up time and time again, never having one successful launch, and then saying, I think we've got it. We're going to go for it, you know, and they get on there and go. It's unbelievable to me. So, I mean, that's just an example. Like, that was so moving to me. And I actually got to sit down and talk with Jim Lovell for about an hour and a half once. And it was uh, an incredible experience. And um, so those are the things that, that come from it. Uh, another example, you're in Seattle. So are you aware of the, um, the story, The Boys in the Boat? The rowing, the rowers at the Washington, University of Washington there that won the gold medal in 1936? Yep, they want to have one of the premier programs in the country. Yes, and so um, in 1936, you know these these poor kids. I mean, they were poor, literally tough kids. Got together. Some of them had never rowed before, uh, and they ended up making it to the Olympics and winning the gold medal. Unbelievable, moving story. Um, I've written songs about that. I actually traveled to Seattle to see the boat that they won the 1936 gold, and that's how like obsessed I was with it because <laughs> the original boat is still there at the university. And, um, you know, so that's where they can come from anywhere. But now do they come from your head or do they just come into your head from somewhere else? <laughs> that's a good question. It's a good question. And I don't even know how to answer that. I guess they come from my head. You know, I'll feel very moved by something and I'll think about it for a long time and I'll really ingest it and think about it. And uh, and then and then I'll sit down and try to write something. And so I guess it comes from my head, but that's where the initial motivation comes from. Which comes first, the lyrics or the or the song? Um, I try to do them both at the same time because I find that's how it fits best. If uh, and and like I said, I'll think about a song for a lot. So by the time I actually sit down to write the song, I'll already halfway know what I want to say. I'll halfway know in my head how I want it to sound, and so it's easier to do both at the same time. And like I said, that's the way the parts seem to fit together the best. If I do one and then try to fit it to the music or do music and try to fit lyrics to it, it just doesn't seem to work so good. You know, in your bio, it's, it says that you uh, have been compared to people like Elton John and uh, Harry Chapin. And I have to tell you, you got one up on, on Elton John because without Bernie Taupin, he would not have done what he did. Yeah, well, that's very true. That's very true. So, uh, I mean, the, both those men are amazing, you know, and I don't know how. Um, and that's sort of what I'm talking about. I don't know how Elton John could take these poems and put them to the music like he did. I mean, to me, that's just it's just sort of uh, 
phenomenal. They're, you know, but I, I appreciate the compliment. I won't say I'm a one up on Elton John, but I'll take the compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, he's, he's been one of my favorite artists since I first heard him in 1970. So, so, you know, with his first album, uh, which was oddly enough entitled Elton John. Um, <laughs> So, but uh, but you are you're. A, I, I had to ask you though because also in your bio it said that there's a Sixth Street pub in Austin, Texas. That that wasn't one that had that they had to put up a uh, uh, a a fence to keep people out because it would they were throwing beer bottles and stuff. That wasn't in that environment, was it? No, no, I I haven't I haven't been in that scene yet, thankfully. <laughs> well, I imagine that there's a place in Austin, Texas, where there, that does exist. It probably does, but luckily I have not had to ever hide behind barbed wire to not get hit by bottles during a show. <laughs> That's 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 really good. That's that's really good. But and uh, so, but you've recently moved from Austin to outside of Chicago. Yeah, big change. So um, I spent I was in Austin for twenty five years and um, loved it. But you know, Austin's changed a lot. It's sort of not what it used to be and not what it was when I moved there. And um, I was feeling a little itchy the last few years. I felt like my music would go over better, like on the East Coast. Um, and Chicago, Milwaukee, cities like that. And uh, my whole family lives in the Chicago area. They've been there forever, and I'm very close with them. And so, and and this, uh, the pandemic played a part in it too, like it's played a part in everything. But uh, so for about a year with the pandemic, I was up here for probably nine months out of the year of the pandemic, just because I was, I'm single. I was very isolated in Texas when this hit. So I was like, screw it, I'm going to, you know, Chicago, where at least I can be with my family. And, um, you know, towards the end of that year, I was like, this was actually pretty fun being with everyone for this amount of time. And, uh, and like I said, I was sort of thinking about moving anyway, I was thinking more like the East Coast. But after the pandemic, I was like, no, that's silly to go to the East Coast, I'll just come here. So here I am in back in the Midwest, but I vowed I would never live in the Midwest again. And, uh, <laughs> But 25 years later, here I am. I have a 10-year-old niece who I'm very, very close with who lives right around the corner from me, and she's a big part of it, too. Oh, that's awesome. That's, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you get together. At least you get to wave at your family and look at them, you know, <laughs> until the COVID goes away completely. But uh. that's Well, my sister and my niece, who I'm both very close with, so they um, – we all three just sort of hunkered down together, you know, so it was good because I was able to help them. I was not isolated. It was, it was a, and like I said, it was sort of, you know, it was sort of fun and uh, yeah, obviously COVID and it's been horrible, but that was a bit of a positive that came out of it. I had some downtime where I could just hang out with them, which normally I, you know, wouldn't really have. So. Exactly. Yeah. Kayla, what do you think? Got anything you'd like to add? <laughs> No, <laughs> she's got herself on mute because she's got a three-year-old daughter in, oh. in the vicinity, and and, and she she likes to interject herself uh, into the conversation every now and again. Um, it's most important, so you got to go where the family is. Yes, that's that's it. That's 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 really true. I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, the name of the album that you've got out now. How long has it been out? It came out March seventeenth. It's brand brand new. You it's, just you just birthed the thing. It's it's brand new. That's right. That's right. 
<laughs> so it's it's an acoustic CD, and uh, I've wanted to do an acoustic CD for a long time. And I had older songs from previous CDs that I've, you know, they've sort of grown and changed with me over the years. I feel like they've gotten better over time. The musical arrangements are more interesting. And um, and so I've sort of wanted to re-record a bunch of my older songs anyway, and I've always wanted to do an acoustic CD. And here we were in the pandemic. And so I thought, well, this is a good time to do it. And so that's why it's called Second Chances, because it's older songs that have been, uh, like I said, re-recorded acoustically. And it came out just, I think it's really good. I, I'm so excited and so pleased with it. It came out better than I hoped or expected, honestly. That's, 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 I, and by the way, I'm trying to, at the same time that we're doing this, I'm trying to educate my audience <laughs> in, into the, into the world of what it's like to be a musician in today's society. And I, what I'm telling people is this, by the way, what's the name of your album? Second chances. I want you to go buy the album, buy the CD, and either go to John's site or to buy it from Amazon because he makes actual money uh, <laughs> when you do that. And but when it's downloaded, he gets pennies. Nothing. Maybe. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I would really appreciate that. So thank you for putting that out there, Kevin. How are you making money now, though? Because you, because you, because right now, the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a live performer makes money by performing live and selling CDs and merchandise at the show. That's exactly right. And if you can't perform live, what? <laughs> and it's only been about 15 months since I've had a live gig. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, it's uh, it's not been a, it's not been the greatest uh, time in terms of that. But I'm very lucky. Um, as you can see, I'm a little bit older. I had a previous career that we talked about. And so I was able to, you know, I'm able to get by. Um, so that, th thankfully, thankfully, I do. I'm, my heart goes out to the musicians out there that uh, don't have the, you know, second career that I had that allows them to do this. Well, you and I are kind of in the same boat because uh, I don't know if you know, but podcasts don't make like squat. Yeah. Because uh, there are like a half a million of them out there and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I get to talk to great people like you, which makes it a, a, a heck of a lot of fun for me. Well, thanks. Yes. And same here, too. I mean, I love to sing. I love to perform. And I love to. Yeah, I love it all. I love to record. You know, I love to write the whole thing. So, um, you know, if. uh <laughs> yeah. So, so luckily, if it, if it wasn't for that, you know, I'm not doing this for the money. I guess that's what I'm trying to spit out there. Yeah. <laughs> and and me neither, because if you were, you'd be sorely disappointed. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know how long I would have been sticking with it. <laughs> and, but it's your passion. And that, that is what makes it fly for you, because you've been doing it for such a long time. And I can't imagine that playing live well has to be like the, the a great moment in time it is it is it's uh you know when people ask me about the, the the challenges of being a musician as well as the rewards of being a musician i always say it it's both it's live in both instances to me because um you know i play a lot of gigs where i'm in bars or restaurants where people are there to eat and drink and talk you know you can be sort of more background music and that can make it tough 
Um, but boy, the nights when the people are there to hear the music and I can actually really engage with the audience and talk to them and use my humor and you know talk about the songs. And um, those are the nights that are just magical and, and keep me going. Let's talk about you know, we're, we've got a couple of songs queued up. By the way, I, I put I took some of your pictures and put them as background so that okay. I, I I'm saying saying that so that I don't have to apologize later to you for, for well as as long as you got my good side I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you look great now. Which song would you like to play first? Um, well, let's do the place where I belong. That's a, that's a good one. Now, it, one of these is a single that you have out, right? That's yes. The place where I belong was the first single off the of the CD. Yeah. How's it doing? It it's doing well. And this is actually why, like I said, I recorded this one with a full band for a CD about five years ago, and uh, it actually did pretty well then also. And um, and now in its acoustic version, it's also doing well. It's a song that people really like it and gravitate to it. Uh, it's got. It's, you know, it's uh, upbeat. I'll explain what the song's about after you play it. But uh, it's sort of upbeat, and people people like to, people like it. Well, and I hope you like this. So <laughs> we'll, we'll play this and see what you think. So uh, this is John McDonough, and uh, the uh, song again is uh, "The Place Where I Belong." Great. my chest, throw my head back, I see the mountains touching the sky, she looks at me with her golden hair, and the voice sing out, take me home, and the red rocks hold us tight. place where I belong It's a feeling I've never known The Aspen speak to me in the breeze And one day when I'm gone my words will be written in stone As the world outside it's crumbling Our brother's shipping off to war I'll sing for you About the peace I feel When I'm lying with my lady friends All around and we're cheering For the stars This is the place where I belong it's a feeling I've never known The Aspen speak to me in the breeze If one day when I'm gone My words will be written in stone and I'd do anything to fly like the eagle above me I give anything to feel that free. 
I'd do anything to get a little closer to the sun and be as alive as I can be. I'd do anything to get a little closer to the sun and be as alive as I can be. This is the place where I belong. It's a feeling I've never known. The aspen speak to me in the breeze. And one day when I'm gone, my words will be written in stone. And that is John McDonough. And that is the name of that song is Places Where I Belong. I love that song. You got thank a hell you. Of a, by the way, I'm sorry. Say that again. You got a hell of a voice, by oh, the way. Thank you very much. Thanks. But, I, uh, I I've worked very hard at it. As a kid, I was terribly insecure about my voice, and uh, took me a long time to get over it, and a lot of work to uh, feel good about it. But thanks. Oh, you're more than welcome. By the way, I have a new project for you. Okay. Do I need a pen? Do I need to write this down? No, I'll write it down for you. (laughs) Actually, you're going to promptly tell me to go go away anyway. But what I want you to do is to do a uh, uh, Jim Croce and Harry Chapin album and mix those two guys together because your voice is very compatible with both of those. They both passed on now. Um, One died of a plane crash and the other one died in a Volkswagen. Who knew? Um, and, uh, but, but your voice is that you, you've got a great voice for it. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I love both those guys, me and you, I can tell we, uh, we come from similar backgrounds because, uh, we're both the, uh, uh, the singer songwriters, the acoustic singer songwriters is who I'm all about as well. Yes. I listen. You write. Is that, that, <laughs> that is the difference, my friend. <laughs> I get on YouTube and I watch those guys. And and by the way, do you have any YouTube that I can look at? I do. I do. It's John M. Live. John M. Live. So yes. so if you want to go to YouTube and, and to watch some of his live performances, that's that's where you would go. That's, and I have official music videos there for my songs and live performance videos. And um, yeah, so that's a great place to go. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Of course, you've, you've got quite a catalog, I would imagine, over, over 25 years of, of songs that you do. So you don't need to do any covers. Um, but uh, I, I think, as an example, um, Kayla May is um, she's a little younger than us. And, and I'm going to ask her, do you know, Kayla May, who Jim Croce is? Oh, she's killing me. You're killing me, Kayla. I can tell you what, if I listen to the tunes in the music, I can go off that. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. you give off names, I'm just... Bad, bad Leroy Brown. Or Operator. Operator, yeah. One of my favorites. Um, And and in that particular song, they actually had pay phones and a cost (laughs) of dime. And you did actually talk to an operator, not a recording. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and now, now I, I asked my. This is this is how things have changed. But when my son, who's now thirty, when he was like fifteen, and we were uh, out and about, I said, and I didn't have my cell phone, and I, he, I said, we need to find a payphone, and he said, well, what? <laughs> You know, a phone that you put a quarter into, and you, he said, I've never seen that. And I said, oh shit. And, Apparently, I'm 
really old. Hey, okay, so I have a question. This brings something up. I'll try to make this short, but this is for Kayla too. So, you know, in our day, we would people would write songs, and like you said, they would talk about pay phones, you know, and it was sort of more dramatic, and you know, or like, you know, I, I call from a pay phone in the middle of the night, whatever. Now I hear I hear younger lyrics, you know, they're talking about text. You know, I got a text from so-and-so or I texted, you know, and I just can't get behind that. It just doesn't have the same oomph to me, you know, it's like I can envision someone at two in the morning calling from a payphone, they're desperate, they're whatever, you know. But when I hear the lyrics and it says text, I just can't connect with it. Kayla, do you connect with it? Or like is I mean, I realize this is a generation thing and the kids. You know, but like I hear that, and I'm just like, it just doesn't cut it, you know? I'll stick with the good old fashioned jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Susan says she's going to have to check your music out, John. You sound great. Love folk and acoustic singers and songwriters. Well, thank you, Susan. I really appreciate that. And uh, so, but he's right. Now, I did ask my son, the same son, I asked him one time because he's a big texter, uh, he's not a big talker on the phone kind of guy and i said why don't you want to talk on the phone you get so much more flavor of the conversation and the and the nuances in the voice and stuff and he said yeah but dad this way i can talk to five girls at the same time and they don't know it <laughs> well <laughs> i guess that that's a plus that is a plus i hope you don't get the names backwards exactly just don't, get time zones. That's right. don't send the wrong text to the wrong person because that yeah that's that's part of the trouble. yeah that's part of the art form of being able to do that and and stuff and so he he don't so, hate the player hate the game and so that's why when you text somebody see what i'm used to is when you text somebody they text you right back Mm. And like you're having this conversation. So if there's a delay, it's because they're talking to multiple people. That's right. <laughs> and they're texting. So you have to wait in line. It's kind of like, kind of like pulling a number at the uh, DMV. You have to wait in line for it's your turn to talk again to, to them. So I, I, I hate that. Yeah. We've, lost, we've lost humanity that way, I think. And, and I admit, I'm a texter, too. I find it really convenient and for a lot of things, you know, but just when it comes up in song lyrics, like I said, I just it just doesn't move me in, in any way. You know, I just can't take it seriously. You know? It's, it's, it's kind of like, and I said I loved her in a text. Right. <laughs> what? Right. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right, though. That's exactly right. You know, you hit up my phone at 2 a.m. I'm like, okay, no, that just doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like, uh, how do you, how do you, ex how do you express the love you have for somebody with, with an OG? I, <laughs> you guys got to get up to date. <laughs> Apparently, we we are being an old guy uh, has its advantages because we remember what it was like when you actually I don't know how to talk to people, and yeah. they had had actual conversations. I remember when I my uh, uh, when I was in high school and I would talk on the phone to my girlfriend, and it was the only line in the house, and so my my mother and father would say, "Get off the damn phone!" Yes, yes. Now what? One time, one time, speaking of one line in the house and operators, I was on the phone and all of a sudden the operator interrupted the call 
And my dad had instructed the operator to get interrupt the call and tell me to get off the phone because he was trying to make a call. So, so that's that was life in the eighties. Yes, yes, it was, and and it's it's completely different now. Now you everybody's got their own phone; they don't have to talk to anybody. And I I think we've lost some humanity in that, but that's just me. Um, I suppose the, the new kids would say, yeah, but I can accomplish so much more. I can talk to all these people and make these dates and do this stuff. And, and st- I don't know. It yeah. just doesn't work for me. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, getting back on track, we're talking with John McDonough. He is McDonough. Yeah. He is a musician of note, a singer songwriter. Uh, we're going to play his next song coming up that, that intrigues me. But first I want to talk about, uh, the song we just played, which is The Place Where I Belong. Uh, what inspired you to write that one? That song is actually about John Denver, speaking of old, uh, famous no, no, songwriters. No, don't, don't, you're not going to do this, Kayla, are you? you know oh, yeah, yeah, she's never heard of John Denver. <laughs> I'm, I don't mean to be picking on you, but, but you, are, you are like a symptom of your generation. Um, it's like I asked I asked somebody the other day who was in his late 30s. I said, uh, well, you know, he's kind of reminds me of Bob Hope. And it's like, who? Oh, God. <laughs> Bob Hope. He was like the number one comic in the world for like ever. And he did all these wonderful things. And he was entertaining the troops and all that. And he said, well, that's kind of nice. But who? I never, you know. <laughs> so it's it, it, and John John Denver is another one of the. He was a singer songwriter in the seventies, and did extraordinary work. And uh, anyway, so continue your story. So so when I was a kid, uh, between six and ten years old, uh, in the early seventies, I lived in Colorado in Denver, and so this was when John Denver was at his height, and so he was everywhere. But he was especially everywhere in Denver because he lived in Aspen. And, you know, we used to go to the mountains every weekend and ski and we, you know, John Denver, we just, he was always on the radio. So, and I love the mountains. And a few years ago, I went to Aspen and I hadn't been to Aspen for a long time. And so I went back to Aspen and they have built the John Denver sanctuary there. And uh, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful place right in the heart of Aspen and uh, right next to the Roaring Fork River and its flowers and, um, uh, it's very peaceful and very moving. They have these huge, like six foot boulders with his lyrics engraved into the stone. And uh, I just found it just really moving. And especially, like I said, I'm, I've never been a John Denver fan forever. And so I came back to Austin after that trip. And literally, it was like two days later, I'm flipping the channel. And all of a sudden, I see this documentary about John Denver. And uh, I, you know, I started watching that. I learned a few more things, and so then all that just motivated me to write the song. So that's that's how that came out. By the way, that was no coincidence. That was John Denver who had you listen to his his documentary so that you would write a song uh, that that he could reference. <laughs> so. Well, if so, I hope uh, John. I hope you like the song. <laughs> you know, and, and I was doing a podcast yesterday, and we were talking about uh, the death of Robin Williams. And uh, we were talking about, do you remember where you were when certain people passed away? And I remember exact. John Denver was one of those. I remember exactly where I was when I heard that he'd he'd uh, crashed his plane. Yeah, me too. 
and uh, him and John Denver and or him and uh, John Lennon and, and, and others. But, but it's, it's so sad because he was such an amazing singer songwriter and he was not anywhere near done. No, no. And, and, and I mean, and even if he was, I mean, he still was performing and sounded so good. I mean, he could play all his old songs for all I care. You know, I mean, and I would have gone to pay, I'd pay to hear him over and over again, even if he just never wrote another new song. So it's a shame. It's a real, yeah, it's really sad. He's, he's one of those guys. I got to see him in concert at the, at the Coliseum in Seattle in the, in the mid seventies. And he, he put on a hell of a show. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen him a couple of times too, the same thing. And, uh, um, my family actually ran into him in Denver. They were, and <laughs> they were going, they, I forget all the details, but they, they were going to a private airport. They were flying somewhere like on my dad, you know, like company jet of my dad or something. So they went to a private airport and obviously, you know, John Denver was very in the flying, very in the planes. And the timing was they just happened to both be in this little airport at the same time, my family and John Denver. And um, usually I would have gone to the airport with my family, but for some reason at that, and again, this was back when I was like eight years old, but I chose not to go. And they said he was just a lovely man. They talked to him. He was the nicest guy in the world. Um, and he was actually on his way to the Grammys. Oh. So, uh, you know, so he had some big things on his head and he still sat there and talked to my family for probably like a half hour. And, you know, um, they said he was just the nicest guy in the world. So, um, yeah, so it's too bad. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So, so the, the, uh, um, the rule here is like Jim Croce and John Depp, don't friggin' fly. <laughs> <laughs> drive to where you're going. No, no, because then don't drive the Volkswagen where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> it, because we lose such good people um, who who get caught in an airplane crash, or Buddy Holly, and and. Uh, um, Who's the, who's the other one? The um, he was on TV for a long time, um, in the in a in a, t a TV show. He had uh, I forget. He was a country singer, um, but he was an actor uh, as well. And he Ozzy and Harriet's kid. Um, anyway, that's I'm, I, I, I don't know. Um, it'll come to me. Maybe maybe Susan will figure it out, uh, and we'll. <laughs> She's she's uh, uh so anyway we're talking with John McDonough. We've got a second song we want to do, which is sometimes the oh this is apropos. Sometimes the planes fly too low. <laughs> unrelated, I swear, unrelated. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she just she just came in. Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson, yes. Was was another one that anyway. Anyway, tell us about <laughs> sometimes the planes fly too low. So so this this song is actually um, you know, it, I I literally dreamed the song. It's just it was a bunch of imagery that I I dreamed, and I woke up and I had all these images in my head from literally my dreams, and uh, and I and I I turned it into a song. So I'm not exactly sure what the song's about. I mean, it has certain several. <laughs> I mean, it has it has several different meanings to me. But um, you know, it's 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 also I don't like to tell people like what my meanings are because I like to let people since it's sort of a little obscure. I let to, I like to let other people find their own meanings in it. 
Uh, marijuana wasn't involved in that. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I mean, LSD, but not marijuana. So, yeah. Very good. Well, you know, and, and I, I tell this story because uh, I only tell this story because uh, Paul McCartney is my favorite guy. But I know that you know probably that he woke up with uh, yesterday in his head. Yes. And just it was just came just out. He, he just woke up with it and he started he talked to John about it. He talked to others. He played the song for them and nobody could come up with where it was from. He swore it was from somewhere else. Yes. But, but it, apparently not. So he ended up owning it. He actually went around to people and played it and was like making because he was afraid he sort of stole it from someone without realizing he had stolen it from someone. Yeah. Uh, and another example of that is, uh, I'm sure you know who Michael Martin Murphy is and his huge hit Wildfire. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that was another song he said that he he dreamed. He woke up and had all this imagery in his head and he like literally sat down and wrote the song. And uh, and and he says, if you ask him, he's like, I have no idea what the song's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's, it's 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 interesting that that comes about that way, but uh, well, I'll tell you what. We're I, by the way, I'm having the best time talking to you. Thanks, we, me too. We, this is this is way too much fun, um, but we're going to run out of time. So I do want to play this song because this is this is cool. And um, make sure I got the right one cued. And sometimes the planes fly too low. You get to figure out what it means. That's <laughs> You wanna go to the desert tonight You wanna see the children play The New Year's just an hour old And you still can't be alone I never thought I'd see you again I never thought you'd come back here You cry out, get in my car We'll drive to the border And forget who we are And sometimes the place they fly Sometimes the planes they fly too low. Sometimes the planes they fly too low. Sometimes the planes they fly too low. Voice is hoarse because you away, you're still trying to change the past. You fall to your knees, your hands for bath, the grass, a picture of your baby is all you have. And sometimes the planes they fly too low. 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 It's time we stand up and be who we are. Let our voices ring out and be who we are. ourselves clean and be who we are it's time we stand up and be who we are sometimes
a place that far too long Sometimes the place that far too long Sometimes the place that far too long Sometimes the place that far too long And that's John McDonough. I love that song. Thanks, thanks so much. And, and Susan remarked that uh, you you channeled that song. You don't know where it came from. It came in a dream, and you channeled that song. I yeah. yeah, thanks, thanks. Because because what the part of the lyrics in that song was? You got to stand up on your own, and you got to stand up for yourself, and you got to be who you really are. Mm -hmm. That's that's that is a mantra of this show. And so I'm thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. And also, um, this is a little interesting thing. So I did just make a music video for that song. It's on my YouTube channel. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why this is fun. It's sort of funny to me, but it just was accepted into a uh, film festival in Turkey. <laughs> so if anyone is going to be in Turkey soon and they go to this film festival, you'll see my music video played there. I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm thankful it did. And uh, so there you go. But if you want to go to my uh, YouTube channel and check it out, the video came out really cool. So. Oh, cool. I, that, the, I'll, I'll have to do that. I know that the people that are listening will do as well. Your YouTube channel is? Uh... John M. Live. So just J-O-H-N-M and then live, L-I-V-E. Very good. And then, and do you have a bunch of stuff on your YouTube channel? I do. I have, I have lots of videos up. Like I said, for live, live performance videos and, uh, uh like mu official music videos and, uh, things like that. Yep. I only have one thing to ask you, sir. Why aren't you famous? <laughs> the, songs, the songs that I've played here are just magnificent. Well, thank you. Thanks. And I, I am very proud of them and very happy for them. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. There's, you know, there's so many people out there. It's hard to, the, the, the music industry today is a double-edged sword. On one hand, you know, it's, it's a recording. It's great that someone like me can go into a studio and make a great recording without having to pay a million dollars like you used to have to. It's great that I can, you know, produce my own CDs and put them on Spotify and stuff. The problem is there's 8 million other people that can do that too. And so trying to sort of cut through the noise to find musicians is, is really tough. You know, I go through the same thing myself. Like I know there's a million musicians out there that I would love, but I can't find them. You know, I mean, unless I spent 20 hours a day trying to shuffle through all this music, um, you know, so that's part of it. And it's, it's a young man's game. You know, the, the famous musicians are, uh you know they're they're the, it's a young young kids but uh but i'm not going down without a fight so we'll, you know if i the more people i have on my side like you and kayla um you know we'll see what happens but thank you well and paulette and susan and several others that are listening as well so that's awesome it's it's it's, it's really cool because see you're in the you're in the in the same vein as uh, james taylor another and, one of my favorites yeah yeah so you you and i obviously grew up in the same era yeah um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's great that, uh, and that, but that's, you know, I'm finding the same thing in podcasting, uh, because there are 
literally half a million podcast channels that are out there. Mm -hmm. Some suck worse than others. Some are decent. Right. But but breaking through the noise is really, really hard. Exactly. Exactly. So we need to work together to support each other. To do that. That's right. That's right. We all need to. Yes. Yeah. And and I'll say this too. um, I'll say this just to the people listening. my uh my if you go to follow me on facebook i have a personal page and a music page and you can you know follow me on both that's that's really a great thing because when i'm touring that's where i post my shows and so if you know if someone is in if i'm in seattle you know there and i'll post it hey i'm playing here tonight in seattle uh, the only way people are going to know that is that they're sort of following me on facebook and they see that post so uh, if you if you like me please Please find me and follow me on Facebook, and um, because that makes a big difference too. When I'm in in a, in a town that I'm not from, that really helps to get people out to the shows. It really makes it tough because I'm, years ago I did a uh, a local music uh, podcast late at, or no a radio show on KKNW late at night, and I had local artists, and they would tell me that the way it worked for them was they would get booked into a gig. And then they would go and uh, the, the owner would hand them 100 tickets and say, go sell these tickets. Mm-hmm. And then if you sell 80 of them, then you can do the gig. If you don't sell them, you don't get to do the gig mm-hmm. because he was looking for them to be a revenue source mm-hmm. rather than just for people enjoying the, the music. That, that's that's got to be very disappointing to, to people that are trying to do the music. It, it's hard. It makes it really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard the same thing. Like that's how lots of gigs are like, yeah, you can play here. Basically you pay to play, you know, some places are like that. And, uh, you know, if you can sell enough tickets then you make your money back, but basically you're renting the venue and then you have to make sure you sell enough tickets to make your money back, you know, and that's, that's really hard to do, you know, this day and age. Especially if you're from out of town. Especially if you're from out of town, exactly. Yeah. By the way, Paulette asked a question of you, John. Do you ever do your own, do cover songs or strictly your own music? First of all, Paulette, I have to say, if that picture, um, I think that's your son. I don't have my glasses on, so uh, but that I love that picture on your Facebook there. Um, and uh, um, I do do cover songs at my live gigs. I love playing cover songs and. Um, and so I do do them, and I do songs from the last five decades, hits of the last five decades, as well as my own originals, of course. So that, that's why I want him to do, uh, let's see, Elton John, and, and although you have a better voice than Elton John does these days. <laughs> well, thank you. I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> and Jim Croce and uh, Harry Chapin and 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 several others that, that are in your so, same vein. And, and she says... Uh, that's that's great. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, I love that picture. That's fantastic. So that that's awesome. So, and uh, by the way, sir, I just want to tell you that it's been a pleasure having you here, uh, and and talking with you. When when you're going up for your first Grammy, will you? Will you yeah, when you come, will you come back on the show? I would love to come back anytime. It's been a blast for me as well. And I, oh, this is exciting. So I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, there's uh, in Nashville, they have the Josie Music Awards, which is the largest um, independent award show. That's right. You're up for an award, right? Yes. And so my CD is up for album of the year for male artists. So, uh, so it's not, it's not a Grammy, but it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal. So keep your fingers crossed. That's in September. 
Okay. How will you feel? Is it, are they going to do the red carpet and the whole thing? Yeah. 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 It's going to be in a big theater and, uh, it's going to, it's going to be on TV and, um, I'm not sure if it's live, but they're filming it for TV and, uh, I'm, I'm very excited and and a little nervous. Yes. (laughs) Well, when you get to go through the red carpet and you see all the celebrities and all those folks, and then you get, you get the award, just have you started writing your acceptance speech yet? (laughs) I have not, you know, and okay. So this is really the first award I've ever been up for. And, you know, I, I'm not being humble here. I have to be honest. I'm sitting here going, okay, I probably won't win. Right. You know, and so like I haven't even written anything when 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 people do that, like at the Oscars or the Grammys, I always roll my eyes and I'm like, oh, shut up. I'm so sick of people saying this. You know, I didn't think I'd win, so I didn't prepare anything. But like that's sort of how my mind is working, too. So now I'm sort of getting it a little bit. But um, uh, I better prepare something so I don't feel like it. So I don't stumble up there too bad if I do win. But are you are you have you ever heard of the law of attraction? Oh, yes, I have. Yes. Well, if you write the acceptance speech as if it has already happened, that sometimes can lead it to happen. Well, then I'm, I'm going to get on it then. I'm yeah, going to get on it. Yes. Now, and, now the, the, the album, which is Second Chances, that's that's uh, album of the year. It, yes. it did uh, the place where you belong or where I belong. Did that is that song of the year? No, it's just just album of the year. It's the the, it's the award I'm up for. So the whole the whole ten songs, the whole shebang. Yeah. Well, that's 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 awesome. So yeah. thanks. It's I'm very exciting. I'm very I'm very humbled by it because I certainly did not expect that. Well, you know, grand things can happen, and it can happen at the drop of a hat. Because yeah, that's then, true. Because then you then you become an award winning. Uh, singer songwriter and it will open up doors for you i would imagine i hope yes exactly exactly say hello to uh um jimmy fallon for me okay i will will. and i just want to say thank you it's been a blast for me thank you kayla um thank you everyone listening it's been really fun i'd love to come back now this is the part of the show where i give you the opportunity sir to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know from your heart (laughs) well I hate this. It's not, it sounds so cliche, but, um, you know, seriously though, uh, if, if you like me, follow me on Facebook and, um, on YouTube and all that stuff, because, uh, you know, that's how I get to keep playing music. And that's how I get to, you know, if I can, if I'm in a new town and I say, Hey, I can, I know people that I can get people out. That's how I get booked. So thank you for your support. And, uh, please, uh, please follow me on those things. We've been talking with Jim McDonough, and he is a singer-songwriter. And go to his website, which is Jimmy John M. What is it? John M. Actually, and let me, I'll just tell you this really fast. So I did this to make it easy. If you go on Twitter, I set up a Twitter account just for the sole purpose. If you go John M. Live on Twitter, the very first tweet is links to all my sites, my website, Facebook page. Um, YouTube channel, and it makes it really easy for people to find me and then follow me where they want. So Let's, please go on, go on Twitter, go to John M Live, and my very first tweet, you'll see everything. That's take notes on that, uh, Kayla, because that's friggin' tremendous. That's that's <laughs> that's marketing in its finest. So because I know John McDonough is a is a mouthful; it's hard to spell. So I thought, yeah, this this might work better. You have a great day, sir. I, I got to run, but uh, it's been a pleasure, and I, I want to have you back. So, I'd love it. Thank you so much. You have a great night. Okay. You too. Take care. You too. Thanks. 
Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.